when we enter herein with all humility and a deeper need of understanding, we allow the Almighty Mothers to enter into this circle by the entrance of an eternal happiness, of a divine prosperity, of a perfect joy, of an abundant charity, and of an eternal salutation. Let all the demons fly from this space, especially those who are opposed unto this work. We allow the fierce openers of the way sent by the Divine Ones to assist and protect this circle, denying entry to discord and strife. Magnify and extend our capacity for revelation, O Mighty Mothers, as we walk in truth and righteousness in your most sacred names, and bless our conversation and our assembly. Sanctify, O Mothers, our humble entry herein. You, the blessed and holy ones of eternal ages. Our guide for this session today is Fire in the Belly on Being a Man by Sam Keen. I just recently picked this book up. And when I opened it, it fell exactly to the section I needed to focus on. There are many parts in this book that will go well with what we're discussing about the Scythians, but we're going to focus on just one or two sections and if you're interested you can get the book and looking at the cover of the book there's a real cool design there's a circle with a fire in the middle and around the circle are the words earth, heart, and hearth. But the words are intertwined. At the end of the word earth, the word hearth begins. But within the word hearth is the word heart. It's really cool. So why did he write this book? On the back of the book it says, How does one become a real man? By joining a fraternity, getting a letter in football, conquering a lot of women, making a lot of money. With traditional notions of manhood under attack, today's men and women are looking for a new vision of masculinity. In this groundbreaking book, Sam King offers an inspiring guide for men seeking new personal ideals of strength, potency, and warriorship in their lives. What does it really mean to be a man? Fire in the Belly answers that question by daringly confronting outdated models of manhood that impoverish, injure, and alienate men. 
it shows instead how men can find their own path to understanding the unique mysteries of being male and in the process rediscover a new vitality and virility that will energize every aspect of their lives. Here is a look at men at work, at play, at war, and in love, moving from brokenness to wholeness and building nurturing, satisfying relationships with one another, their mates, and their families. At no time in history have there been so many men looking for new roles, new attitudes, and new ways of being. In this powerful and empowering book, author Sam Keen retells for modern times the ancient story of the search for what it means to be a man, a man with fire in his belly and passion in his heart. Do you think the men are succeeding in finding fire in their belly or mush? What is being pushed on manhood today and backed by some women is the antithesis of what I believe Sam King is trying to get at. Some men are redefining manhood in a false womanhood. No matter how much paperwork you get, how much you get snipped, a man is not a woman. And let me say this and dare make a prediction that all of this that whomever is trying to force upon us is going to backfire and backfire in a big way. There are predators and they take advantage of everything. There's a religion that you have to face your accuser. If you've been violated and you're scared, how are you going to face your accuser? You most likely will let it go. And predators know this. Predators know that they can put on a skirt and go in the women's bathroom. Predators take advantage. And I also predict that many of these celebrities that are pushing gender fluidity will secretly and silently slide back into their sex, leaving people flailing and alone when the craze is over. There will be many more suicides, much more depression. There will be a great need for healers and people who understand the mental atrocities that are going on right now. We're talking about what is fashionable. Hollywood, celebrities, advertisers care nothing about people. A search engine people love to use is nothing but an advertising agency. 
That's why ads relating to what you search pop up all the time. They're just an advertising agency. Their job is to get you to buy things, most of which you don't need. Now again, this book I recently acquired and it goes along perfectly with what we're talking about so I know it was put in my path. The author, Sam Keen, I believe, struggled or is struggling with the very idea of women and being somewhat beholden to them. I picked up when I read the first section I'm gonna read I picked up that he's very angry about not being able to separate from women it really is all about her so let's start with chapter 2 on page 11 and this chapter is entitled it's a woman's world I had recently been divorced after a 17-year marriage my children were living a thousand miles away I was madly in love with a beautiful young woman she was rapidly slipping away from me and I could feel the other man a dark moody poet lurking in the shadows no hours passed when I did not plot ways of luring her back to me, making her love me. In my daydreams, I became irresistible, lighthearted, a powerful lover. I held her lightly, encouraged her, took pleasure in her growth, selflessly gave myself to fulfill her needs and desires. In real life, she didn't return my phone calls and our nights together were becoming rare and terrible. To protect myself against the coming loss, I had already provided myself with another lover to fill my empty hours and lonely nights. Sweet lusts to heal the wound of a failed romance. Okay, right there. Right there you would have the question, was he really in love or did he want to control this young woman who wasn't about to be controlled? said himself he found another lover and I guarantee you there was a sort of revenge element in that and when you hear more of his words you'll understand why I'm saying that if you go back and read some of the what we call spells today from antiquity many of the love spells were for men to get women to fall in love with them or stay with them or be faithful. That tells you about the power dynamics. Who had the power? Now today, you may find the opposite because who has the power today? But do not discount in any way that men are not using any magical subterfuge to get women. Do not be fooled. That's why you must be 
armored up spiritually so you can be aware of the people you engage yourself with. My life was coming apart at the seams. One day I went to talk with Howard Thurman, a friend for 25 years, true witness, grandson of a slave, mystic, philosopher, a man acquainted with darkness and the journey of the spirit. Through a long afternoon we talked and sipped bourbon. I told him about the pain of the divorce and my disintegrating romance. He asked about my children. And then he told me two stories. When I was a boy in Florida, I used to go fishing. The best fish were to be caught just at the point when the bay met the ocean, but there was only a short time between the tides when you could stay in the calm water. When the tide began to change, you couldn't row against it. You had to go in the direction it was sweeping you. Once there was a man who loved a woman, Beyond all measure, he sailed away with her and one day came to an uninhabited island. Leaving her on the boat, he explored the interior, and deep in the forest he came upon a stone image of an unknown god. It radiated such a sense of power that he fell on his knees and prayed for his beloved. May her life be full and happy. May our love develop in a way that will be fulfilling for her. As he headed back, he came to a hilltop, and he looked out across the water. He saw his boat and his lover sailing away. His prayer had been answered. The last thing he said before I left was probably the single most important bit of advice I ever got about being a man. Sam, he said, There are two questions a man must ask himself. The first is, where am I going? And the second is, who will go with me? If you ever get these questions in the wrong order, you are in trouble. Notice he says that the person giving him the advice was a mystic, a man acquainted with darkness and journey. Oh yes, and a grandson of a slave, P.O.W. Is there some wisdom that we can pull directly from our bloodline? Are there stories we can reach back and get or even ask for right now? I know for me, I have to pull out stories and information from the older people I know, they tend to clamp their mouths shut, perhaps as a form of protection, or they just don't want to revisit the past, but a lot of them do us, the newer generations, a disservice, but yet we live on. He continues with, when I left Howard's bookline study, I knew the tide had changed. I stopped at every bar along my way and had a shot of bourbon to feed my pain until my being turned liquid. The rivulets of grief for a lost marriage, for absent children, for the ending of an impossible romance all flowed together and I found myself walking and weeping. But knowing the time had finally come to sever the umbilical cord 
that attached me to the goddess who was to have been my salvation. I found a phone booth and called her. For the first time in weeks, she answered. I know it's time for you to go, I said. As much as I want to be with you, I know there is no way for us to remain lovers. I'm too old and too raw to be casual about love, and you're too young to be faithful and make graceful commitments. Go without deception or guilt. I love you. Goodbye. You see what happened. He needed to be in control of the goodbyes. He didn't want to say goodbye, but in order for him to move on, he needed to have that element of control, and that is how many people manipulate other people. They need to have that control. They need to say when things begin and when they end. It's an ongoing power struggle between men and women. Do you think he would have wanted her as much if she was a willing lover that gave her all to him? Okay. I didn't change into Superman when I stepped out of the phone booth. I was still weeping. But as I trudged up the steep San Francisco hills, I could feel an electric, erotic power surge up through my legs, boil into my belly, and rise into my chest. I walked for hours, awash in the turmoil of clashing emotions, grieving and coming alive. Finally, the clashing waves of bay and ocean quieted. The waters grew still, and I went home to rest and begin a new life. It was slow in dawning on me that woman, and woman is spelled in all caps, and I'll refer to that as capital woman. It was slow in dawning on me that capital woman had an overwhelming influence on my life and on the lives of all the men I knew. I am not talking about women, lowercase, the actual flesh and blood creatures, but about capital women, those larger than life, shadowy female figures who inhabit our imaginations, inform our emotions, and indirectly give shape to many of our actions. Keep in mind that the Scythians used to worship the goddess. Please keep that in mind. As befit divinities, demons, and archetypes, these phantasms of our imagination will appear in uppercase letters while flesh and blood women will appear in lowercase letters as befits mortals. From all outward appearances, I was a successfully individuated man. I had set my career course early, doggedly stuck to the discipline of graduate school through many years and degrees, and my mid-thirties was vigorously pursuing the life of a professor and writer. Like most men, I was devoting most of my energy and attention to work and profession. But if the text of my life was successful, independent man, the subtext was, quote, engulfed by capital woman. All the while I was advancing in my profession, 
I was engaged in an endless anxious struggle to find the quote right woman to make my relationship quote work to create a good marriage. I agonized over sex. Was I good enough? Did she quote come? Why wasn't I always potent? What should I do about my desires for other women? The more troubled my marriage became, the harder I tried to get it right. I worked at communication, sex, and everything else until I became self-obsessed. Divorce finally broke the symbiotic mother-son, father-daughter pattern of my first marriage. With high hopes for freedom and ecstasy, I began exploring my sexuality as was required of all real men in California during the sexual revolution of the late 60s and looking once again for Miss Wright. As my obsession with capital woman grew, it finally occurred to me that maybe I should undertake psychotherapy a la Jean. Perhaps if I got to know my feminine side, I would not be so dependent upon women for my pleasure and succor. But therapy seemed only to push me deeper into the arms of capital woman. For several introspective years, I juggled the predicates of gender and wondered constantly, am I receptive, nurturing, intuitive, sensuous, yielding, quote, feminine enough? Am I initiatory, decisive, rational, aggressive, masculine enough? Between dealing with the images of capital woman in my head, the women in my life, and the feminine aspects of my psyche, I was drowning in the dark waters of capital woman's world. We can see here that the author is beginning to identify his issues in life with women, and that's capital women. He's talking about the ma tricks, the underlying cause, the origin of everything, which he knows he cannot escape, but he is figuring a way to escape. So is this one way men are, white men in particular, are trying to come to terms with women is to become her? say he's her he can never do that kids are being confused in school and taught that there's more than two genders but there's a pushback the very language of some people says that there's a masculine and feminine but the man the masculine has been trying to escape the feminine and now he's trying to escape the feminine by becoming woman which can never be successful at never be her women that's why we need to stop allowing men to tell us how to dress to tell us what makeup we should be wearing because what they're doing is a caricature of you they're even holding master classes. Master classes should be for masters. There are men holding master classes, making fun of women's body types, 
and shaming women. We must turn away from this and let that clown show go. No longer engage in that. What is your style, women? And men too. What is your own style? Who are you outside of fashion and advertisements that are ongoing, non-stop? Who are you? Do you feel worthy only when you have someone's name displayed on your goods that you paid too much money for? That's incidentally pretty much is all made in the same place. So how can something be designer and they're all made by people getting paid a dollar an hour? Who are you? Who are you outside this system? Do you even know? Can you begin to question? We will continue on with Fire in the Belly on being a man in the next session. For now, we are whole and complete.